This is Tackling the Odds with Justin Michael on 1620 The Zone and the 1620 The Zone mobile app. Tackling the Odds with Justin Michael is a production of Justin Michael Sports, LLC. Hello, everybody. You are listening to Tackling the Odds with Justin Michael. I am Michael Scott. And Justin, you are the nation's number one handicapper as you continue proving everybody week after week. Win, win, win. Another winning week for you. Yeah, thanks. I was very, uh, very excited for the last weekend. It was a very, um, overall, very happy with the, the winning way. Um, just one play, um, and I really had that marked all week. Um, and for everyone out there, it was Ohio State, favored 17, uh, possibly 17 and a half. Um, and they went by 59 total. Um, it just had everything in the making for me to be a classic uh, setup game for me. And um, it's it's wonderful to have a plan that comes together. And um, again, you know, I don't know any other handicapper out there that has one game for the whole entire weekend. Not saying that that's what it always is, or I don't have planned games. Um, there's just impossible for me to sit back and say, oh, I'm going to have such and such games. Um, it just is. So I let it come to me. Um, and again, at $24.99 a week, I don't know how it doesn't make sense for people, especially now with college basketball. Last two years, up over 70 units, finished the season 34-2. and two. Um, Very, very excited about that. And uh, this is a wonderful time of the year. College football, barely past the halfway point of the NFL, all of the playoffs. The next five months, college basketball, by far one of my favorites, 350 schools, games every night. Doesn't mean I'm going to have plays every night. It just means I have a lot of options. And when you sit back and find those spots, um, it becomes very, very um, intriguing and very, very um, exciting. Absolutely. And, you know, sitting here next to you, I've learned that it's, again, quality, 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 two weeks in a row, more winning weeks. And you dive and you've, you've, you've expressed this to us for so long that College basketball is kind of a nice niche. It's very hard for Vegas to keep track of everything. You want to explain to everybody what you mean now? Yeah, well, first off, we have around 130 Division I college football teams, and we have 32 um, NFL teams. College basketball, there's over 350, and they play all the time. So it's very hard for Vegas to set lines correctly. Um, Sometimes they do, but when you take teams that people don't even know about, like a UNO, um, Incarnate Ward, um, UC Davis. Um, it's the same to me as Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, Arizona, Michigan State. And it's very hard for them to set correct lines every night. When they play once a week, college football, NFL, the stats pretty much get crunched. You can find spots, um, but it gets very narrow for a guy like myself that does it professionally. Big difference from recreational and professionally. So college basketball Again, they're playing all, all the time, but it doesn't mean I'm gonna have, I might not have to play the whole week, but I have a lot of options to sit back and really let it come to me, and it becomes very, very appealing. When you have the NFL and college, again, you're crunched down into smaller games, not as many options, and it's pretty honed in. And for some reason, everybody sticks to that formula, and they just get engulfed with playing Football, 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 because of maybe fantasy or favorite teams or favorite sport. And again, I do this to make money. I don't have a favorite team. So here being in the Midwest, someone says, well, how can you have Ohio State be your favorite and go against Nebraska? I don't care. Nebraska doesn't pay me to make money. I could care less. I find the best games. So for me, college basketball is very, 
very appealing and my numbers back it up again we can sit here and I can sit here and tell you all the wonderful things and break everything down and run ads and have shows but at the end of the day what I love about my business is there's the proofs in the pudding it's all about results and then the at the end probably 1% of the population throughout the whole world can make money at this and I know I've done it year in year out not weekly not monthly add them all up and again for 25 bucks a week it's just that simple and that's amazing and and you know college basketball uh, sitting alongside you I kept I kept thinking basketball you got and I know a lot of our viewers think that but boy this has proven to be a big money maker for you because the last two years you're like plus like sick like 70 it's like I think it's like 76 um, units wow. Um, and again, it's just, uh, you know, I don't, I don't put a certain number out there. I, I can't say I'm always going to, you know, go 34 and two. I know one thing I like my chances of having a winning year. I just, it's happened every year. And, um, again, I have a lot of options and again, I'm going to say the same thing. Why people get discouraged or don't go to the website or become a VIP is because they've been burned in the past and they see everybody else lose and they lo- they lose themselves and they think they can't win at it. And the problem is, is that they get, they get 10 games, they get people blowing them up, they get emails every day. And I, my, my service is completely opposite. It's to the, it's the furthest thing away from that. And so, um, and again, I tell this to everybody that contacts me for the first time, you got to have patience. If you're a type of person that has to have action every game, don't bother. Again, I mean, how many people throughout the country or the world had one game last weekend? One. I've had three times this year in college football where I haven't even had a game. Mm-hmm. And I, to be honest with you, I don't let anybody dictate when they call, hey, do we got a game? Nope. I don't change because at the end of the day, you might be mad at that moment, but you'll be happy at the end of the year. Because but, right now at this point, not to cut you off, but the bottom line is everybody's already blown out. Majority of people have already blown out. The handle is already down this year. Um, at this point, it just starts to go lower and lower and lower and lower because people save up in the summer. They come out of the gate really strong and then they're done. They're blown out. They can't even get to college football. I think it's safe to say in your your business, uh, your industry, so to speak, that there are a lot of people out there that give a true professional like yourself somewhat of a of a bad name, like a stigma there. That you know, yeah, it's it's very very discouraging. Um, to be honest with you, it gets very annoying. And um, all I can simply do is just tell you that it, it's it's I I truly believe it's your loss. That's all I can tell you. And if you don't do it. I guess you got to look yourself in the mirror and look at your bank account. See, at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Again, we can talk about it. If you like the show, you like my style, it really doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it's all about winning. And it's there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. It's just that simple. Look at everything in life that you have to go to the next level and really achieve at. It takes time. And most people don't want to put in the work. And it's the same thing when it comes to my system where – I don't get caught up because college basketball is here and I've been so good at it that I got to have all these games because I do so well and I can run the card off and let's come out strong. It's just, I just take it in stride and I just know at the end of the year, it's going to be fine. I don't, I don't let a half a point or a free throw bother me or miss PAT. And I just, because that tells me you're all over the place on money management. Um, the discipline's off. And again, it's just took a lot of years to get to this point. Um, I believe it's a true talent. Um, a lot of people sit back and, and um, look at stats and say, I know the players. That's that's just 1% of it. There's so much more than that, knowing the right line, knowing when teams are going to excel, getting inside the mind of the players, knowing the recruiting coaches, how good do they know the staff, um, kind of really reading the headlines. Um, there's just so many things. I, I mean, I could do this for one hour and tell you about just on one game alone. 
um, having the correct lines, knowing when a bad line, a good line, when to play, when not to play. Um, and so people just get too caught up in, in, in watching TV and watching things, and, and this guy gives out games. They're just giving it out for, for ratings. They have, they have no clue. They're just throwing out numbers. And unfortunately, people follow that. And um, rather than go pay $25 a week, they'd rather keep it and lose. So it's just that simple. It's not good, is it? Um, so when you hear these guys talk about this SEC or this Big Ten play or lock of the year, lock of the week or whatever, you've got to be just absolutely blown away. I mean, um, again, you know, I, people always ask me all the time, there's so many people in your industry, but to me I don't let it bother me because I know that uh, once they get a taste of what I do, um, my style, they're going to realize real quick that I'm completely different. Again, you're going to see in the, the amount of games. You know, Nobody contacts you. You don't get emails. You don't get you know, 25 calls a week, asking personal information, it's just completely different. And um, I believe in the long game, uh, it's just been growing every year, so I'm very, very pleased with it. But there's still people out there that are just never going to get off the fence. Um, and un unfortunately, uh, there's nothing I can do about it. So I just focus on the VIP members, the people that contact me every day that love what I do. And uh, if you have a passion for it and you want to make money, I can't set it up any better. We're up against the clock. When we come back, we will dive more into sports investing. You are listening to Tackling the Odds with Justin Michael. Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to Tackling the Odds with the nation's number one handicapper, Mr. Justin Michael. Again, you get college football, pro football, pro basketball. I guess you don't do too much of that. And, Just the NBA playoffs. And, and college basketball for $24.99 a week, guys and gals. Go to justinmichaelsports.com, become a VIP member. You can always give Justin a call at 402-513-3232 and be a part of this winning team, this winning formula. And he is on fire once again. Okay, Just, um, let's do some college football. Let's, uh, let's land here. Let's talk a little bit about your play that you had last week with the Buckeyes over the Big Red. Yeah, a couple things, and I'm going to go – particularly into in-depth more on Nebraska, and then I'll flip over into Ohio State. So a couple of things that I that I really monitored was, is, is that, again, I don't fall in love with records. So, for instance, going back a step back into the Nebraska game, and again, it's me, what I love about what I do is I don't have favorite teams, so I can be very neutral. And that's half the problem with people sports invest is they have favorite teams, they fall in love with one side, and they become very kind of tunnel vision. So when Nebraska went into Wisconsin and was undefeated, they hadn't played anybody. Wisconsin went to Michigan and played Ohio State, and those two teams are currently both in the top five, um, and most likely one of them will be playing in the playoffs uh, in both seven-point games. So Nebraska at that point hadn't played anybody. Non-conference week, I'm on the road, Northwestern, there's just nothing there. So when you go into Ohio State and you take they're, they're too deep everywhere and people say, well, Barrett's not playing well and this and that, sometimes when you have the expectations so high, you can't live up to them, such as Deshaun Watson, um, you know, Fournette, McCaffrey. They just think that every game McCaffrey's going to run for 200, uh, Watson's going to throw for 350, run for 100, and that's just not possible. So overall, I felt like after an emotional win, it was a beautiful spot for Ohio State, primetime television, that loss to Penn State meant absolutely nothing in the long game. If they take care of business the rest of the way, they'll be in the college football playoff. They should be in the playoff. They'll be a Big Ten championship team, a loss to Penn State, who, oh, by the way, I've took a lot of heat for liking James Franklin, and I'll dive in them in a little bit. They look pretty solid as they are right now, basically a top-ten team. 
So going over the numbers, let's look at this. Ohio State, 34 first downs. Nebraska, 9. 590 total yards to 204. Rushing, Nebraska has 78. Ohio State, 238. Passing, 352. Very balanced. A couple things. When I take a look at Nebraska particularly, because again, um, I think a lot of people was really super high on them. When you look at the quarterback position, I've said it on this show for the last three years, you have a running back playing quarterback. I don't care about athlete. I don't care about arm talent. I don't care about arm strength. It means nothing to me. If you take a look at Mike Riley, it's all about pro style, 6'4", 230, and very good accuracy. Sean Mannion, Moore, um, Derek Anderson, and that's not Tommy Armstrong. I've always said this the same thing with James Franklin. Year number three will be the year where he'll start to take off. Switching over to them, the first two years he has Hackenberg, a pro-style quarterback. He comes in, he just makes it work. I appreciate what Hackenberg did. Most kids leave, he stayed there, going through tough times at Penn State. Bill O'Brien's a pro-style quarterback, so he had to do what he had to do and rely more on defense. So what happens this year? They get to a dual-threat quarterback like he did at Vandy. Oh, by the way, where he won nine games in the SEC. He brings in a new offensive coordinator to go up-tempo new defensive coordinator, and look at Penn State. So I've always believed that Mike Riley, year number three, is going to be the year for him because you're going to either have Tanner Lee or you're going to have Patrick O'Brien, completely different player than Tommy Armstrong. Also, when I assess Nebraska, left tackle Nick Gates, good, but banged up. Your left guard is a kid that doesn't, not even on scholarship. The center with Dylan Utter, nothing. Your right guard, Tanner Farmer, been a little bit disappointing. He was out. Corey Whitaker is nothing more than a second string senior that just kind of role plays. And Neville, he's been banged up, but what I've seen from him is nothing anyways. And they put in Conrad, who's just basically a fill-in gap player. So your offensive line is below average, your quarterback is below average, your defensive ends can never get to the quarterback, and your back end on the cornerback, so they call lockdown you, is nothing. So when you assess the whole situation, we've got a team that's basically 25th in the country. You can move them five up or five down any direction, 20 to 30, and that's what you have. Not saying there's anything wrong with that, but they don't need to walk around like they're going to be playing for titles. Because if they do stay and they go in the Big Ten, it's going to be the same thing when they play in the Big Ten championship game. That's It is what it is. There's a reason why Urban Meyer gets paid the big money. There's a reason why Jim Harbaugh gets paid the big money. And there's a reason why Nick Saban gets paid the big money. They just win, don't they? They're too deep in every position. They recruit well. uh, Very good coaching. Um, It's never done. They're on to the next. And they just reload. That's what they do. And you see that in the NFL. Um, It's not just in one position. It's across the board. So, and again, I'm not being harsh on Nebraska. It's just that when I hear people come with Tommy Armstrong has the records and this and that, I think he's a good kid. I think he's a tough kid, but he's but he's playing quarterback, and you're playing four years, and you still make the same mistakes, throwing off your back foot. Um, it's just it's actually tough to even really watch. It's actually um, it's just not good. So again, when you add it all up, um, I thought it was a perfect spot for Ohio State, and you also had four games where Ohio State wasn't covering, so you had a little bit lower line. You had Nebraska play good against Wisconsin, who, oh, by the way, wants to run three yards in a cloud of dust, so they're going to keep you in ball games. Great defense. They're coached really, really well, um, taking nothing away from Wisconsin, but they just play a very slow, methodical game. Ohio State's more speed on the perimeter. Let's move up tempo, and I think they really wanted to show people we're still Ohio State. It was just a dream matchup. It was a dream matchup, um, 
And what I also loved was everybody in the world uh, around the country kind of thought Nebraska was going to play close. So it, to be honest, that the checklist just came flying off the board. And so when I go through the beginning of the week, I don't care what game, what team it lands on, if it's on TV, whatever, I'm looking every game through. And if I don't give a game, I just think there's nothing there. I can glance through it and look it over in, in literally 10 minutes and tell you exactly what I see. And all week that just popped out. Nothing in the NFL, college, and those are the games. Last year when I went 34-2 and two on the run in basketball, um, and again, you can always pick up the phone, 402-513-3232. Um, we can send you out those plates, all documented. And I'll even let you call, contact my VIP members, I'll give you a list. Um, most of those games were blowouts. That's what it should be for me. When I release some games like that, I don't want to see it come down to the fourth quarter or in the second half. That means somewhere down the line, um, I miss something. And typically when I find one or two games a week, that's that's what I'm looking for. And I just, I mean, I told you literally all week that was what's going to happen. Everywhere I went, I, I, I just, I knew it. And so that's kind of the overall um, spot how I go through thing games. It's not because it was on TV. It's not because of whatever. It's just... You know, you go through like the Alabama LSU game. That was seven and a half. I think the last five minutes they they got the field goal, so it covered. That came down to the end. That was close. Um, and there was a lot of other games that was close. And that just tells you the line was right. And and that's when you know. Um, and that happens a lot of times. A lot of times they set the lines correctly. Um, and what you do is you just pass. And that's when you know um, you get dialed in. Well, you know, something was, was a little, because Nebraska went into the game ranked, I think, what, where were they? Uh, tenth, and Ohio State was sixth. Okay, and it was 17? Yeah. Well, it came down a little bit uh, from like 16 to 15, but yeah, overall, you know, and again, and closing up on this segment part, the Big Ten East, I mean, that Michigan-Ohio State is clearly ahead of everybody else, and then there's a step down, Penn State is right there, and then there's another step down, but then you go to the West, and they're okay, um, but not to the level of the East. We're up against the clock. When we come back, we will dive more into sports investing. You are listening to Tackling the Odds with Justin Michael. Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to Tackling the Odds with the nation's number one handicapper, Mr. Justin Michael. You can always go to justinmichaelsports.com and become a VIP member. Give him a call, 402-513-3232. Okay, let's stay on college football here a little bit. The playoffs. I know last week you were talking about, you know, who's in the, who's in the big picture, who's not, so forth. Um, let, let's start down this lane here a little bit. Well, the big thing is too is like in this week in college football, it's been like that for you know you have some weekends that it's solid, but man, there's been a lot of weekends where it's just like you know you start to go through some of these games, and we'll start talking about a couple here. You know, start at the top: Alabama versus Mississippi State, who's obviously kind of down this year at four and five. Bama's favored thirty. Um, you know, you start sliding around here: um, Clemson versus Pitt. Clemson's around twenty-one. Um, Ohio State, Maryland, Ohio State 29. I mean, you're looking at 30-point spreads, and that's the part where I get a little bit why I'm not so big into college football because you only get a couple a week, and some weeks you almost don't even get any. Um, and so, you know, it's it's kind of hard to go through that, but I really want to talk about, you know, you hear everyone talking about this college football playoff, and, and like I said last week, everybody's all worked up, and just give it time. Um, like I said last week, you know, Texas A&M, they go in, and, and, and yeah, Trevor Knight got injured, but they lose. They lose to Mississippi State, and now all of a sudden Washington's four. Um, and, you know, it all plays itself kind of out. But, like, this year, particularly, you know, I always hear everybody say, well, you know, college football, it's getting so tight. I don't really see that like a lot of people. Um, you know, when I look at a group of teams, and this has nothing to do with spreads, 
Um, but when I look at certain teams, and I look at Alabama, and then I think Clemson, like I said last week, is getting completely um, no respect at all, um, and all they do is win. Championship team, coach, uh, especially on the offensive side. Their defense um, has been really good the last couple of years. They have great players. Um, clearly to me in the ACC, um, obviously with Florida State being a little down, but look how good Louisville was. What a great game them to come back. So Bama, Clemson, Michigan, Ohio State, and um, possibly you can throw in Washington. The reason why I say possibly with Washington, I like Chris Peterson. Um, I like Browning. Um, I like Gaskin. I like John Ross. They have players, good defense, young. Um, I'm just not a fan of the Pac-12. I think it's very weak and very down. Um, so I get a little bit shaky about, um, you know, feeling like them being 9-0. and Their non-conference was terrible. Um, and I'm one of those guys that I don't care where they come from, the conference. I just want, at the end of the year, the best four. And, again, I don't go off wins and losses. So, for instance, I think Michigan-Ohio State is really rock solid. Um, I think Bama is rock solid. Um, and I think Clemson is rock solid. So I have a little, I'm a little shaky on putting a team like, like for instance, if Michigan, Ohio State go into that game undefeated and someone wins by three, boy, that's hard for me to kick that team out um, to a team that's undefeated, like possibly into Washington. Um, again, you just look out there overall from the Pac-12, very average. So, you know, sometimes, you know, you always hear people say, well, you know, these teams are starting to get grouped up together. This year, to me, there's about five teams, and I think they're clearly ahead of everybody else. I mean, A&M sitting at eight, especially with Knight being out. Um, I think there's a big gap from those five teams that I talked about. You know, Colorado was the team at the beginning of the year that was my first play of the year. Um, I was really um, liking the way they're moving. Um, but let's not get too carried away here. They're 12th in the country. So you kind of start to get a little bit of an idea of when you're sitting at 12, um, there's a big gap from those five to Colorado at 12 and Texas A&M at eight. Um, even a team like sitting like at Auburn at, at I believe, at nine, um, Wisconsin um, sitting in there at seven. I just think those four to five are grouped, and I think they're clearly ahead of everybody else. Um, doesn't mean you have value in the lines. Um, it just means when we're talking wins and losses. So, and again, um, you hear everybody come with that. But again, if you group those with the Nick Sabans and the Harbaugh's and the Myers, um, and Chris Peterson, you know, found a good spot, kind of looking at the Pac-12, he can recruit very well. Um, UCLA, USC's down. So he's kind of got his little niche out there. Um, Chip Kelly left Oregon a long time ago. So now you see Oregon going the wrong way. Um, so he's kind of got that West Coast vibe going on out there, and then everyone else is separate. So it's very hard for me to be a huge fan of Washington, even though I like some of their players. And I think Chris Peterson's a great coach. Um, I'm just seeing a pretty far gap in certain sides. And again, when you go through this and you take a look at everybody, um, that's kind of why I feel the way I do about college football, why um, I probably don't have as many plays in college football, just because to me um, – you know, again, when you're looking at a team, like we'll glance over this again. Let's talk about, um, so let's see, Alabama, Mississippi State. Bama around 30. How can I play that game? I can't play Mississippi State. They just come off an emotional win at home, um, knocking off Texas A&M. Um, they have some players. Dan Mullen does a good job. Alabama's had so many big games recently. They just had a huge game, primetime game against LSU. They come back, and the line's 30. So that's kind of how I go through the games, and there's just nothing there. So when you go through that and you start to go down the line through all these games, you just immediately go nothing, 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 nothing. And so it's very hard to get really dialed into college football when you have those. And so this year especially, I feel like 
it's been really heavy on that almost all year long. A lot of those theories and same kind of systems and games constantly being played in and out every single week, even like the Clemson game, uh, Pittsburgh, Pat Narduzzi, um, good coach, uh, decent little offense. Um, I think he gets his players worked pretty solid. Clemson, 9-0. and Clemson knows that they can win the game by one point the rest of the, every game the rest of the way, and they're going to be in. So, you know, but, I, you know, are you going to play against Clemson at home? And then you have Pittsburgh who uh, can move the ball decent. And sometimes you've seen Clemson just kind of know, guess what, we can win and we're good. They're not playing the underdog role. They're playing the favorite role this year. Completely different. So that's kind of what Michigan State's ammo was with Dan Tony. Underdog, underdog, play good, us versus the world. This year they came in with expectations. Um, and, again, people forget about the quarterback play there. Um, Nick Foles was there for a while. Brian Hoyer was there for a while. Connor Cook, Kirk Cousins. Big drop-off, Tyler O'Connor. And then you have the expectations for being in the playoffs last year, and now all of a sudden it's completely different. So these teams that go from underdog to the favorite to the favorite to the underdog, you really got to watch that. So as I glance through everything, um, it just seems like this year there hasn't been too many plays um, where I've really loved anything in college football. You know, Justin, sitting over here and listening to you break this down, I, I can't help but appreciate this mind of yours. And listening to you and how you break this stuff down, I think if most people out there are listening and you start talking 34-2 and two against the spread and you start talking about all these winning weeks, nation's number one handicapper, and you just think 34, 99% of the people couldn't go 34-2 and two with the World Herald paper, paper the next morning. I mean, that's just amazing. And, and you just take it for granted. And, and to, to listen to you and, and to how you break that down, if I'm investing and I want a service, I can't help but imagine where I want to go. And that would definitely be with you at Justin Michael Sports. I, well, I appreciate that. And, um, yeah, it's just a lot of hard work, um, a lot of years doing this, and it's a definite passion that I have. And so I feel like um, it's something that I truly love to do. And um, that just kind of gives you a little bit of a mindset when I look at certain games. And I feel like because it's college football, people are going to have action on it. So for me, um, I go through it, look at every game. I don't care what game it is. And I just move on. So I either find something or I don't. It's that simple. And, you know, as you was talking about these these um, extremely, shall we say, very good teams, uh, the Ohio States, the Michigans, and so forth, you know, you just, it's like five-star, five-star, big-time coach, big-time coach, five-star, five-star, Mr. NFL. I mean, they have that in common. And and Clemson is, is usually extremely fast. Well, they're too deep. That's what everyone forgets. So these kids that when they lose players, it's time for them to step up. And so they now they've been there long enough. Irv Meyer, been there long enough. Every year, top five. Dabo Sweeney, set, dialed in. Nick Saban, dialed in. Chris Peterson, you're number three. Um, so, you know, that's what you have going on right now. And when you do that with good coaching, remember, you can have the talent, but you still got to have the coach. When you can do both, which very few can, look out. It becomes very scary. And again, you want to pay for average, you get average results. You want to pay the best, well, then there it is. Recently, Phil Knight came out from Oregon saying, I'll pay $10 million, I want a title. I got a feeling Chip Kelly's going to go back to Oregon called that the last couple of years. That's where he needs to go. Well, um, you've been saying that. He just needs to go back there. It's a perfect fit. Um, the NFL, it's not going to work out. His defense is on there way too much. It's His style doesn't work in the NFL, and um, I believe it's a, a perfect match. He tried it. 
go back, kind of like Harbaugh, NFL, you know, tough to play with those NFL kind of egos and things. And I know Jim's a little tough with kind of to get along with, but he's back in Michigan. He'll be there many years. It's just kind of a perfect fit. So we're up against the clock. When we come back, we will go into the NFL. You're listening to Tackling the Odds with Justin Michael. Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to Tackling the Odds with Justin Michael, the nation's number one handicapper. Right now we got all the football action, college basketball. We got it all going on. Okay, Justin, last week um, in the NFL, um, there were some uh, pretty good games there. Um, Let's walk through a few of these. Yeah, we're going to go over them, kind of just glance over, and then we'll do a little outlook on each team. Atlanta goes into Tampa Bay and wins 43-28. Tampa Bay, you know, the bottom line is, is their offense is pretty solid, but their defense is just a lot of things to work on. Um, I know they tried to get uh, Hargraves, the corner, suspect, uh, Spence, a couple things, but they just have a lot of gaps. Um, and, and right now, obviously, you know, being dirt cutter, uh, being an offensive guy, they really need to work on their defense. Um, and Vincent Jackson's been out, so it's kind of like all Mike Evans. Doug Martin's been banged up. Um, they have some talent, especially some young talent, but overall their depth in defense is really lacking. Atlanta, um, offensively right now, one of the best in the NFL, if not number one yardage-wise. Um, Dante Freeman is really solid the tailback. Julio Jones is solid. Matt Ryan's playing really good. Again, they're balanced. Um, you look at some of these teams, they're not balanced. Um, way too pass-happy. Um, Atlanta can hit you with both, and that's very scary. So Atlanta goes 6-3. and three, Tampa Bay is 3-5. and five. Another one that was a classic, the one in overtime, Detroit 22-16 at Minnesota. Uh, Detroit's down by three with like 20 seconds left, and Stafford hits a long pass. They trot out the kicker. He hits it. They go to overtime. They get the ball. They score. Minnesota right now is just a mess on offense. North Turner obviously resigned. No AP. Um, they just don't have any big plays right now. Their tackles are both out. Um, so they're rel- completely on their defense. And right now they just don't get any big chunk plays. Um, so, you know, running the football is a struggle. McKinnon has been banged up. So they're basically down to the third string tailback, a brand new offensive coordinator, um, backup tackles. Um, so they're just, it's all defense. And they can really stack up the line of scrimmage. You know, Sam Bradford's known for kind of accuracy, but not the deep ball. Um, Treadwell. Um, who I see get in there sometimes. Um, I don't know if it's just takes him a little bit longer. Um, sometimes you see guys develop a little bit like that. But right now, it's the same story for Minnesota. It's just dink and dunk, dink and dunk, and their defense has to step up and really shut people out, which puts so much pressure. Uh, Detroit, kind of surprisingly, 5-4 and four in the year. Minnesota slides to 5-3. and three. Another game that was really solid was the New York football Giants win 28-23 over Philly. Giants go to 5-3. and three. Uh, Philly goes to 4-4. Four and four. Again, you know, the Giants have a lot of weapons. Um, they need to do a little bit better on running the football. But defensively, Steve Spagnola, they spent the money in the offseason. Uh, Harrison up front, Jenkins has been good on the back end. Vernon's been getting after the player. Pierre Paul, uh, one year back from the hand injury. So you can kind of start to see them. Landon Collins is really developing into a great safety. Um, so the Giants are kind of going old school again, kind of relying on that defense. Um, they don't have that running game. Uh, I know Pugh's out for a little bit, so I'll be watching that on the offensive line. But the Giants, who last year were one of the worst all-time on defense, have really made some huge strides. And that's why you're seeing them um, obviously stay in football games. They've been in almost every game. Um, and obviously this is a team that can make a little run. And anytime you have a defense, it's a little bit scary. The problem is, is next year, like I've been saying, they need to find a tailback. 
and they need to go get a tailback in the draft. And they need to get that in the first round or whenever they pick, grab one, and let's find a tailback. You go back to the days where they were solid. They had two tailbacks of Bradshaw Jacobs, good offensive line, great D-line, run the football. Uh, Manning was so much better than I don't want Eli throwing 45, 50 times, um, and that's where they need to be. But I do like the strides they're making on defense. Still a little worried about the running game. Quietly, the Miami Dolphins have won three straight. They moved to four and four in the year. They win 27-23 over the aging New York Jets, who fall to three and six. Something about Miami that most people don't know, four first-rounders on the offensive line. Brandon Albert, left tackle. Laramie Tunsil, left guard, was going to be the number one overall pick until the draft day um, deal. Pouncey, who's a first-rounder, who's a stud at center. And James, um, on the right side, coming out of Tennessee, who's a first-rounder. Not too many teams, if any, can say they have four first-round offensive linemen. Uh, JHI has been brilliant. Um, they have a lot of weapons on offense, especially at the wide receiver with Kenny Stills, Landry, Parker. Um, Jordan Cameron's going to be coming back at the tight end position. So this is kind of a scary little team. Defensively, they scare me. Uh, I'm not in love with them, especially on the back end. Um, Jones, their Pro Bowl safety, gone for the year. Um, but offensively, Adam Gase has done a really nice job there. And again, people forget about this. Yes, Jay Ajayi has been running great, but he has a very good offensive line. So Miami moves to 4-4. Four and four. Kansas City wins another game the way they do. Defense, um, kind of a scrum game. They win 19-14 over Jacksonville, win and don't cover. Uh, Nick Foles comes in and does what he you know, needs to do. Uh, be watching the injuries on Jeremy Macklin because they just don't have anything vertical. Um, everything is short, dink and dunk, and blind their defense. One thing about their defense, they bring in their big-time uh, pass rusher, Justin Houston, who will be coming off the pup list, who two or three years ago, I believe, had over 20 sacks for the year. So the defense is going to be getting healthy. But to me, I get nervous about them because I, you know, they can run the football, but again, you got to have a little bit something where you scare people, where you can go deep, uh, very deep. Alex Smith has been known to kind of do the check down. Uh, Travis Kelsey's really rock solid. The problem with Kansas City that I see again is you don't scare me on anybody going deep. And when you start to get deep into the playoff, and we're really going to talk about a team um, where Kansas City's kind of consistently in the playoff mix, they got to find more weapons. Uh, I know they have Tariq Hill. They're trying to find him. He's been a nice little surprise, but he's kind of that's just kind of all over. I'm talking about a true number two, number one to go with Macklin that can take it deep. Uh, Conley's kind of a big guy, but I don't know about his speed. So when I look at Kansas City, um, there's a lot of things I like. Good coaching. Um, they played the right way. Um, but you got to have more weapons. And I think when you look like in the AFC West, especially with like Oakland, you look on the outside, you have Crabtree and Cooper, good tight end, good offensive line. So Carr can go deep, very good on the deep ball. Um, and Alex Smith, they really don't have that in Kansas City. And, it, and they have a, probably a better defense. But at a certain point, you still got to have enough to make people honest. And right now, Kansas City, it's really conservative. Um, and you see them. That's why it's hard for me. Um, I know a lot of people like them when they're laying you know, eight, nine points. They do a lot of times where they win and don't cover, like here, 19 to 14. So, again, taking nothing away. They win a lot of football games. Um, but if you want to go to the next step, I need to see more weapons, especially on offense. Dallas, which I thought was a nice win. People are going to say, what are you talking about? You beat the 0-8 Browns or 0-9. It was an emotional game when they beat Philadelphia like that, going into Cleveland where they feel like they can beat them with anybody. They go out and pretty much dominate. Um, Deck Prescott's looked great. Ezekiel Elliott's in a great spot. Talked about that. Or sometimes you get drafted, it's like, how does it fit for you? It's a perfect fit for them. 
Um, very impressed with them. Offensive line rock solid, and I don't know why I'm hearing any of this where Tony Romo, there's no way I'm taking Dak Prescott out of the starting quarterback position. I don't care what's going on with the contracts. You do not want to change up the karma in Dallas. They slide to 7-1, and one, the NFC's best record. If you had said at the beginning of the year when Kellen Moore went down, we're going to go to the fifth string, we think those kind of odds were being 7-1, and one, number one. They have eight games. They're halfway through the schedule, number one in the NFC. Seven and one. You know, what a crazy year because, you know, at the beginning of the year, if we go back way back in August, everybody was sky high about the Vikings. They lose their quarterback. They lose AP. And now they're struggling. And, and here's Dallas. They lose their quarterback, and and they weren't going to, you know, have much of a chance. And, and, boy, look how this has played out. Well, I talked about that in the beginning of the year and also on Twitter at JustinMWins247. I talked about – the fact that when people play futures, you better play some odds because you're just an injury away from being done, like New England. You know, you're you're going to go up there, yeah, right now they're number one. They're one play away from being all over. Um, so, you know, Minnesota was that trendy play in Vegas. Um, and then again, you know, you have teams playing season totals on the overs, um, like in New Orleans, what if Breeze goes down? So it's just something where if you're going to play futures, you better have some odds behind it. Otherwise, it's just not worth it. So... Again, Dallas doing very well defensively. My um, coordinator of the year, you know, award would go to Rob Marinelli right now at the halfway point. Defensive coordinator for Dallas. Again, I talk about it every week. They play their guts out for the guy, um, and he really has almost nothing to work with. So very impressive there. Baltimore moves to 4-4, four and four, winning 21-14. Pittsburgh just kind of looks sluggish. Who goes to 4-4? Four and four. Remember Big Ben coming off the injury. Um, these two teams know each other so well. They could play, and it's always going to be a close game because they know each other that well. You know, Baltimore's 4-4. Four and four, If you go back and look at them, they could very easily be 7-1, and 8-0. They're in almost every football game. Um, great coaching, great organization from Ozzie Newsom down to Harbaugh. Um, and again, you know, they just play defense, kind of make some plays here and there. Mike Wallace is having a great year for Baltimore. Um, and it's amazing, isn't it, how good players that were, used to be really solid. Remember when he was at Pittsburgh, the vertical speed, then he kind of left and went to some other places, Minnesota, Miami, you know. And then he goes back to Ozzie Newsom and a good foundation, and now he comes back to be the player he used to be. So very impressive with Mike Wallace. And I believe the AFC North is going to come down to the end. Don't know how good in those teams are, but it'll be fun to watch. The Saints go across the country and win 41-23 over the San Francisco 49ers. Drew Brees in the offense. Chip Kelly, they look like a mess. Um, and again, it's, I, I don't see anything that I like when I'm seeing there at all. He looks completely lost on the sidelines. Saints can hang with, can score with anybody. Defensively, they're getting a little be- better. Sheldon Rankins, their first-round D lineman out of Louisville. I noticed he was back in there playing. And the team I talked about last week, Carolina hangs on to win against the Rams 13-10 in a very defensive kind of scrum. Colts go into Lambeau and win 31-26. Green Bay has no running game right now. They're banged up everywhere. The Chargers offense rolls again 43-35 over Tennessee and a very impressive win with the Oakland Raiders running the football, doing very versatile, run and throw, beats Denver. They go 7-2. Seattle wins 31-25 over Buffalo in a very kind of fun, exciting game down to the end. We're up against the clock. When we come back, we'll put the finishing touches on Tackling the Odds with Justin Michael. Welcome back, everybody. You, again, are listening to Tackling the Odds with Mr. Justin Michael, the nation's number one handicapper. You can always go to justinmichaelsports.com, become a VIP member, or give Justin a call, 402-513-3232. 
He loves to visit with his clients, talk to him, pick his brain, and again, become a VIP member. Okay, just uh, final segment. I know you're really into this sport, UFC 205. Wow, we're in New York, Madison Square Garden. You know, if you're a casual fan and you're someone that's kind of on the fence post, these don't come around too often. It's the first time there'll be an MMA fight in New York um, at Madison Square Garden. Um, from every fight from the bottom to the top, make sure if you're on the fence post, uh, get with some friends or whoever and make sure you sit back and watch this. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, first off, the undercard's great. I mean, you have people like Misha Tate who held the belt recently, Raquel Pennington. Um, you have Khabib. Uh, going against Michael Johnson. I mean, those are just some undercurrents. Frankie Edgar, Jeremy Stevens is in there. Um, Dalbo, uh, Cowboy Cerrone's in there. Um, it's just a lot of fun. Three title fights. Um, Steven Wonderboy Thompson against Tyrone Woodley. Uh, Steven Wonderboy Thompson was 57-0 and in kickboxing. Uh, incredible athlete. Kind of traditional, kind of karate. Um, old school. Tyrone Woodley's just got incredible power. Um, knocking out uh, recently. Um, Robbie Lawler, and that was a huge knockout. Moving on, you slide up, uh, and we're going to have a big one coming up with Conor McGregor, Eddie Alvarez. I mean, first guy trying to hold two belts at two, two different weight divisions, Eddie Alvarez. Don't sleep on him. A brawler, a uh, kid from Philly, uh, won wherever he goes. Just an incredible. Uh, coming from the Mark Henry camp, uh, Chris Weidman's in here against Yoel Romero who used to be arguably one of the best in the world. Chris uh, just got off having a neck surgery. Uh, Uol Romero uh, is just a physical freak. Um, so it's just going to be an amazing. Um, Joanna Joachek, who is possibly my favorite fighter um, in the 115 straw weight, her striking is so fast. The volume she puts out, um, just a beast. Um, so it's just going to be a lot of fun, just the atmosphere. Um, this card is completely completely stacked 206 coming up is not going to be anything 207 will finish out strong so this is the one this and 207 but 205 is higher than 207 207 is going to be headlined by ronda rousey um, but this it won't make a, anything a dent on 205 so this is the night definitely sit back and just enjoy the ride again it's not even about investing just enjoy what you're watching you're at madison square garden i mean that's boxing i mean we're talking the greats first time ever there three title fights you get superstars everywhere um and it's just going to be a lot of fun a lot of fun i know you're looking extremely forward to it justin and i know i am as well absolutely um, absolutely and, and at the same time we have stuff going on everywhere again college basketball it's here college football's here nfl's here um so there's just so many wonderful things going on right now very you, happy it's a great time to be a part of it do you like connor I, I like what he brings to the sport. Um, I like the fact that uh, I think the fighters should all get paid, um, and I think that he does a good job with that. And um, regardless if you like him or don't, he's just entertaining. He brings ratings. I mean, the proof's in the pudding. He makes it where you either want to see him win or you want to see him lose, and that brings ratings, and that's all that matters. Various times, super times you have superstars. Guys like Eddie Alvarez, I mean, great fighter, but people don't – flock to him because he doesn't have that you know personality he doesn't have that flash he's just a bulldog um great fighter tyrone willie's the same way so you need guys like connor i mean he is the draw rousey is the draw she brings the female she brings the you can do anything attitude and they just they're superstars and regardless if you like him or not you're going to tune in to watch him either win or lose 
So this was a blast. I enjoyed this. Again, if you're going to invest, do yourself a favor and go to justinmichaelsports.com. And if you ever have a question, pick up the phone, 402-513-3232. And like always, thank you so much to all of my VIP members. You were listening to Tackling the Odds with Justin Michael. And remember, at justinmichaelsports.com, winning is everything.